1: they can't go long. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August the 22nd, 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the audios you'll find at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's hundreds to choose from and hopefully you'll get a, an understanding of the big system you're born into. This has been here for an awful long time really, a system uh, which is entwined with foundations, international money lenders, uh, governments, and organizations, which at one time were secret, but not so secretive anymore, like the Council on Foreign Relations, and how they really are bringing in their big agenda for the global society. Not just one big happy family, but they have eugenics involved, they have depopulation involved, uh, a more efficient uh, breeding stock uh, of workers involved in it they have a big big massive plans they've written about all this over the last 100 odd years quite openly and it's never really presented on the mainstream news and that's why most folk don't know about it but um, it's out there and their books are out there and they give you annual updates at the big meetings and they also give you weekly and daily updates on their own magazines such as it's uh, actually one from the council on foreign relations called foreign affairs So you can keep up to date with the big plans and find who the members are. And there's a lot of academia on board with them, too, because the, the professors are guaranteed a good life for themselves if they push the propaganda, and it's also good for any offspring. They can take over the chairs in universities and keep it all going. That's how the system really works. And um, the ones at the bottom really are, are termed as obsoletes. So if you're not a, a part of an industrial society anymore, high-producing society, you're really useless eaters, as Bertrand Russell called them. And that's where we are now. We're a we're, we're service economy, and the service economy is a temporary economy. It's already uh, floundering, in fact, pretty badly all over the world where it's been introduced. So up yourself to the, the audios, as I say. And remember, too, you can keep me going by buying the books and discs I've got for sale at cuttingthroughtheMatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase by using uh, a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office. Or you can use PayPal to order. Use the donation button on the com site, following up with a name uh, with your name address and the order, and I'll get it out to you. And across the world you've the same idea, you've got PayPal to order, and Straight Nations, remember, are very welcome. Generally that's only what keeps me going. And um you can also pretty well uh use MoneyGrams a bit slower, and so is Western Union, but they still come through and you can order it that way if you want to. But I try and, and really just document for the people out there who understand that uh, there's more to it than just the daily newscasts that you get from mainstream. And I hate, to be honest with you, parroting the mainstream at night, because uh, I used to spend years avoiding the mainstream because I knew it was all nonsense and propaganda. And, and technically, what I do when I go over the mainstream is to fill in all the bits they omit. Because, you see, that's how your perceptions are formed. It's by the omission of lots of detail that brings you to the conclusion that those that own the world want you to have. And they use the mainstream media to do that. That's their job, in fact. Unfortunately, people now are TV-orientated, and so they think that seeing is believing, and have no idea how many cons are pulled off every day in front of their own eyes. But they do believe it's all very true. They don't know that even all these color revolutions are all staged, that there are professional people teaching in special schools, universities across the world, how to cause revolutions within the different countries. One of them is in Serbia, in fact. I watched a little bit of that today. And um, they're funded, obviously, by the the high powers that want revolutions, like the Soros and the Rockefellers and these kind of guys. That's the real world, though. All we see is the end product on television. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix and... As I say, it's so pointless just to give you the, the trash that they dump on you, and that's what's called the media, as far as I'm concerned, every day. And they never tell you the whys or wherefores. They do tell you a lot of propaganda spin, of course, but they never go into any investigative journalism. Primarily today, but there, there are very few real investigative journalists. In fact, it's, it's mainly handouts from corporations and governments that go straight into the newspaper. And... Um, but as I say, public relations is a modern term for propaganda and the man who came up with public relations and the whole art was Bernays and Bernays himself preferred the term propaganda and so do I you know where you stand with it, but public relations sounds a much better, a nicer way of saying things and um, we certainly are given a wonderful PR on all the wars that are going on without ever a, a true reason obviously, even, even people who are not up on what's really happening in the world uh, know there's something wrong when guys in uniforms get up with war after war and tell the public that they're hitting strategic targets and then out come a whole bunch of videos showing them what they actually hit and there's bits of bodies of men, women and children who certainly were not armed. And this is the same thing that's happening in Libya right now. In fact, it's disgusting but they have no shortage of PR specialists. They dress them up in police uniforms or army uniforms, whatever it takes. And that is their speciality, these guys, is to lie to the public. Uh, and they, show, they don't certainly blush at all when they, they tell these whoppers, even though the video will contradict uh, what they're on about. Because I saw one today on Libya, and it was a guy from NATO who was doing uh, the, the PR this time, with the uniform on, of course. And it's explaining what they'd hit This target was full of these militants, etc And of course there's nothing in it But toys and baby food And and the usual stuff And little bits of flesh Anyway, that's the world you really live in And uh, what's more amazing than ever really Is the fact that most people Forget that the New American Century And it doesn't matter about parties There are no parties But the New American Century group uh, Were the first ones to uh, come in as a neocons And then they published their agenda, basically, on their own website at the time with the countries that they wanted to take out and occupy, and they went through the whole list. Some of them were want, wanted to go right through the, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, um, Syria, uh, Syria after uh, um, Libya. Uh, they had the op- so, and other ones wanted to start with Libya first. It was all uh, a hodgepodge, but the fact is they wanted to go through the whole lot of them, and things didn't turn out that way, so this president bunched us in, uh, with a new actor, but well, the most recent actor, Obama, uh, is, is simply finishing off the same agenda. And I've no doubt they'll, they'll go straight in to uh, Syria as soon as they finish with Libya. That seems to be the agenda. And then, of course, there's not, there's not much left except uh, Iran. And maybe even Jordan, who knows So we'll wait and see But the fact is we're living through a script And that's the most horrible thing If you happen to belong to those countries Who are on the script, on the list Because can you imagine living for for years and, And knowing the biggest militaries on the planet That are signed together to work through treaty Are all on board to come and bomb you one day It's not a very nice thing to live through Never mind your mental health or anything else knowing what's happened to all the other countries, simply because this this big gang wants to take you out and grab your wealth and minerals and your oil and everything else they can grab, and then dominate you, destroy the culture, and then rebuild it under this farce of a democracy, uh, this, this pie-in-the-sky thing that no one's ever really had. So... That's the real world that we're living in, and most folk never ever get it at all. They they just don't get it. It's too confusing for most people to believe that there are even organizations, even NATO is an organization that's a a coalition, as they call it, it's an organization that signed treaties to go off and bomb people all all together. They go together to bomb you and slaughter you. And we fund it all. We fund it. The public, you know, in my whole lifetime have never been asked about anything that I can remember. I think they were asked once about uh, joining Europe and things like that, and most folk said no, and they kept coming back with another. Oh, we'll give you the vote again, you got it wrong that time. We'll keep at it and at it until you get it right. And that's basically what they did with most of the countries uh, as they went into this uh, prosperity partnership called the EU. Now they're all broke, as could be, but bailing out bank after bank. But you understand, these things don't happen by themselves they don't happen because downturns just come out of the blue. They happen because they're caused to happen. You don't make mistakes at that level. It, people who've been in the business of, of doing bookkeeping for centuries don't make mistakes like this, you understand. And governments know darn well what's going on and when they, they watch uh, um, shells being, being created and bubbles being created and all the rest of it. They know what's going on. They, they know one day they have to collapse them. And it's okay because they've got the taxpayers to bail them out everywhere across the planet now. But that's the world we live under. I often think of the term evolution, and I don't see evolution anywhere. I really don't. I I see the same evil tricks played today with maybe better machinery of war machinery uh, and propaganda, of course, because of uh, communications. But it's the same tricks and cons and lies they've used for thousands of years. When they want to expand an empire You simply blow it up Burn it down, invade it Slaughter a good part of the population So they'll never rise again And you take it over And that's really what it's all about The the countries now that are saying They have to go into these countries For humanitarian reasons Because the government's turned on their own people uh, Have been the masters at getting people To turn on their own governments Even in Latin America and elsewhere For an awful long time in death squads from their own countries like the US and Britain elsewhere. And they they didn't care about the slaughters they were creating then. But they're suddenly all interested about these guys over in the Middle East. Yeah, sure. And straight-faced people, well-known faces that you've grown up with on television, that's why they keep these characters so they're falling off the chairs, you grew up with these broadcasters for your nightly news who look you in the eye and tell you that, and, and you'll believe them because, well, it's kind of like a daddy figure now. That's why they keep them there forever. But uh, they tell you that without, a, without uh, blinking an eye. The same rubbish over and over and over again. And I've said forever that the U.S., which is a big military machine, really, who funds most of this through your tax money, uh, will be destroyed too when they're finishing it off because, because you have to go under into the same system that you helped create and fund. That's the, that's the deal with the United Nations. And it's happening now. And unfortunately because there was so much unemployment in the States, they've got lots of young guys with not much to do and they can get recruited into the military. That's always been used. The Britain was a famous one for using that for centuries and the US is doing the same today. So they're pretty confident they can keep their military strength up, even if uh, there's no, there's not much employment back home as things go under, and folk more and more folk are on food stamps, and um, there's more folk than ever going to food banks as well. It's just disgusting. Meanwhile, we've got billions and billions of dollars to throw into the military-industrial complex to make all the kind of new drones that are going to fly over your heads and taser you and stuff like that. And they're actually putting them up on the web now, the manufacturers of how wonderful it will be when they patrol the skies across Canada and the US. This is utterly disgusting. And people still think they've got something called democracy. I often wonder if most folk could even explain what democracy means. Because they can't actually, if you ask them. And... Talking about troops too I remember when They went into Afghanistan uh, Britain and other countries Had dealings with Afghanistan And Iraq said That it would take about 40 years Before you could pull them out And sure enough uh, Says US troops may stay in Afghanistan Until 2024 now American Afghanistan Are close to signing a, a strategic pact Meaning the puppet government they put in Which would allow thousands of US troops To remain in the country until at least 2024, the Daily Telegraph can disclose. I like how they worded that, too. They they can disclose that, meaning a lot of stuff they know they can't disclose. So the agreement would allow not only military trainers to stay to build up the Afghan army and police, but also American special forces, soldiers, and air power to remain. The prospect of such a deal had already been met with anger amongst Afghanistan's neighbours, including publicly Iran and privately Pakistan. It's a base, you see. It's a base, and you have to go back through your history again to find out uh, who came up with the idea of permanent bases across the world, like stepping stones for the next country, the next country and It was Jean Kirkpatrick that came up with that idea and because of it, uh, Ronald Reagan took her on board, even though she was potentially Marxist and had attended a Marxist school uh, because there are no parties you understand. And uh, she says, rather than uh, just going in and building a temporary base and pulling out, let's go into these countries and stay there permanently. And the U.S. Have, have, has bases across the whole planet to do just that. It'll be interesting, too, because the average American doesn't know, and, and some of them will argue with you, well, we've got these bases, they're ours. No, they're not. Because one day they'll sign a treaty with someone else, maybe China, and they'll turn them over to China to be the policeman for the world. But you paid for all, you see. That's how it really works. That is agenda. So anyway, here they go with, uh, almost perpetual occupation pretty well. And they've got, they've got a few other countries to occupy and they're they not to bring in other coalition forces or else hand it over to China, which the CFR said they'd do. Eventually you'd have to hand it over and China becomes a policeman of the world. That's what they mean when they say in the media, that it's time that China uh, took up its global responsibilities more seriously so that they get involved in the policing of the world that's from the Council on Foreign Relations themselves so but you will build them from why not, you know no one's objecting and uh, privacy here we are under totalitarian systems and people still think they've got a republic or democracy depending on their viewpoint back with more after this folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, and in Australia too, that's that deemed to go under the influence of China, uh, that's all part of the Far Eastern Rim project that was started off 100 years ago, that whole idea from the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and they created a, a section of their organisation for the Pacific Rim. Uh, and for the Pacific Rim relations, they call themselves. They're working towards the amalgamation of that whole region with Australia, uh, lumped in there too, uh, and, and New Zealand. And of course, we know today that, along with the guises of um, carbon taxes, etc., that the Fabians have, uh, have put into their into operation, it's uh, a lot of businesses are all just packing in altogether. A lot of mining businesses are packing in because it's just not worth going in. Interestingly, one of the biggest um, coal companies and energy companies in India, now that it's marked to be a United Nations up-and-coming country, just like China was, you see, uh, they're allowed to pollute as much as they want. Uh, most of their generators for electricity and energy are coal-fired, and they're, they're now investing heavily into Australia, but they're buying coal mines, and they own the coal mines And then they ship it off to Australia because uh, they can pollute without a problem for the next 20 years under the agreement through the World Trade Organization. Isn't it nice? eh? Isn't that awfully nice? And Mr. Pachori at the IPCC has got shares in these companies. I think he owns a couple. But there you go. It's all gangsters at the top as they put you under. More than 50,000 jobs tipped to go as the Australian economy slows and it says a strong rise in unemployment will increase pressure on Reserve Bank to cut interest rates, etc, etc, etc the same stuff they tell you everywhere and it says um, the loss of more than 1,000 full-time jobs and 400 contractor jobs at Blue Scope Steel was chilling news for millions of Australians 300,000 of them are the Victorians employed directly in manufacturing and then it gives you some of the reasons at the bottom and it says uh, steelmakers are battling a strong Australian dollar and higher labour costs compared to emerging markets such as china well you can't compete with china folks as we all know you can't do it cannot do it it's impossible in fact you could even pay the taxes pay your taxes because you wouldn't get enough to pay them at the present rates if you put down to chinese levels so anyway that's australia going down the tubes uh, as it's planned of course as as so is new zealand there's there's tycoons buying big chunks of new zealand and i think it's standing up like a feudal colony basically And uh, quite interesting, there's massive farms for sale. They are now massive farms with thousands, many thousands of acres each, just going belly up because they can't follow all the rules and pay all the taxes, and so on and so on. And from the US too, they're taking a watch list now of people who complain to certain um, uh, politicians. It says, I'll put up tonight an article, it's actually a, a petition, it says, We demand an apology. It is we, the undersigned, stand with Tameka Pierce, president of Organize Now, and other blacklisted citizens demanding an apology from the Representative Dan Webster, who's from Florida, is a Republican, for his shocking abuse of power in creating and distributing a watch list of his constituents who dared to publicly question his votes to cut life-saving programs like Medicare and Medicaid. The blatant attempt at intimidation, which included sending the list to other members of Congress who distribute them at their own town halls, is unconscionable in a public servant. We will not tolerate it, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what they're doing now. They're, they're, the, the politicians are gathering watch lists of their own constituents. And uh, it isn't just on this particular issue, believe you me. You'd be surprised at how many watch lists they have. and Your, your name might be on five different ones, depending on what you talk about or see or whatever or say Germany's the only country that's come out against Facebook over the years and done anything about it it seems to be Uh, Germany Facebook it's called the like button do you like this or not Facebook like button violates privacy laws and it says um, the like button today was found in violation of Germany's strict privacy laws uh, Commissioner T- uh, Tilo Welchert, who works for the Independent Center for Privacy Protection in the northern German state of Schleswig-Holstein, said the social networks plugin, which allows internet users to express their app- appreciation of something online, actually puts together a profile of their web habits. So it's, it's basically a Trojan. And it sends all you put your suffering habits back to the to the boys. ULD said if you visit Facebook.com or use a Facebook plugin such as the like button, you should expect to be tracked by the company for two years. Two years, <laughs> but it's free, eh? Oh, it's free. <laughs> Facebook allegedly builds a broad profile for individuals, not on the service as well as a more personalised profile for its members. And of course, it sells all the data to government since it's part of government, it's part of the NSA actually that's how it works and folk will still use it. it, doesn't matter even talking about it and the state has gone down so fast I was reading an article last week where a guy who wanted to do some shingling because he had a, a leaking roof uh, got three quarters of it done, but he was doing the last part of the roof uh, along comes a government official and says he's going to double layer the, the last part because they weren't too bad, the shingles he didn't take them off first at so the underlays to attack them on top, which is quite common. And it's against the rules now. You can't do that. So he, he huffed and hawed about it. And, of course, they, they went to fine him thousands of dollars. And, and I think they did. But, I mean, the, the states has come down to this nanny state that Britain was complaining of. Because, you see, there's too many people in all areas of government now. It's top heavy. And it's becoming control freakish And it's all jobs for new departments, new departments, new departments, until literally you can't move without breaking laws. Here's one here. American government mafia actively targets the weak, terminal cancer patients and little girls and the homeless. And I'll read this, what they did to a woman who was trying to get some cash up for a cancer treatment. Back with more after this break.
0: Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, and uh, this article here is about really the mafia. I've, I've given this exact same example over the years. It's how you perceive things. A guy on, If a guy stops you on the road with a gun, you know you're in for trouble. He's a highwayman or something. And if a cop stops you with a gun on the roads, then you're in trouble again. You've got to fork out money uh, in regards of a ticket or whatever it happens to be because they're running short of cash. and They've been told to put to more tickets. Whatever it is, it's the same racket that goes on. Your perceptions are distorted because you're trained to see one differently from the other. But the actions are the same. But it says throughout history, the mafia has run extortion schemes known as protection rackets. And I've gone through the same scenarios as they. These go around the stores and they say, give me protection, and you say protection from whom? From us. And so you, that's what you did. These scams revolved around the mafia coercing an individual business to fork over money in exchange for protection services. And then it goes on. When the victim refuses to give funds to the criminals, they crack down to show the individual what will happen if they continue to withhold funds. But they also publicize it so the whole street knows. Now it's the the, the whole country. That's They make sure that everyone knows. This traditionally involves property damage or theft carried out by the same racketeer, supposedly offering protection to the victim. The federal government of the U.S. of America has now become no better than a group of racketeering mafiosos running a protection racket on the American people. Of course, they hide behind the veil of permits and city ordinances in order to hustle American citizens into forking over their hard-earned cash in exchange for protection from so-called authorities. Same deal. In reality, the rackets run by police and the IRS are no different than the criminal mafia operations that have plagued many countries for decades on end. In one of the most disturbing cases of government harassment of the week and helpless earlier this week, Katu in local Salem news outlet uh, reported the story of a terminal cancer patient who was targeted for having a garage sale. Mrs. Jan Klein was an, an independent businesswoman supporting herself for years before she was diagnosed with a terminal form of bone cancer earlier in the year. Klein describes her ailment as a bone marrow cancer that eats through the bones and causes holes in them, and that's by weakening. Uh, she says, "I can break a bone, but just by walking, actually." Uh, clearly, uh, Klein's ailment is inhibiting her ability to work, thus making it impossible for her to pay her costly cancer treatments, and they are awfully expensive if you're not got insurance. Klein began selling some of her possessions in the backyard on the weekends in an attempt to raise the funds she so desperately needs since this horrific cancer is afflicted with makes it impossible for her to work in order to pay off her massive medical bills. She thought she'd be fine as she was selling her own goods on her own property out of everyone's way. And as an American, she likely thought she wouldn't be harassed by thugs for attempting to take care of herself the only possible way. Unfortunately, she was wrong. Her garage sales were making her several hundred much-needed dollars each weekend. That is, until one of her neighbours complained about a terminal cancer patient attempting to support herself. The city showed up promptly and shut her down. Uh, Klein was not aware, but the city of Salem has a law mandating that an individual may only have three yard sales per year. It's just incredible. You you understand the problem with government is government. Don't Don't you understand that? Government's supposed to be utterly basic if you, if you want to at all, that is. If you want to have government, make it sure it's awfully very basic, and that's it. No further, no, no creating new departments for, for, for employees and friends and, and relatives. Which they're always doing, they're like a cancer. So this kind of ridiculous legislation is in the face of it absurd, at least it seems that way to me Unlikely anyone else who thinks that in the U.S. we're free to do whatever we please on our own property as long as we're not hurting anyone within reason, of course. However, the emerging nanny state in which everything must be legislated and every minute of our lives must be approved by a bunch of lifelong bureaucrats who only built their fellow citizens out of as much money as possible is completely opposed to such a notion of freedom. It is a nanny state, and Britain's is way ahead of that, in fact. But you don't realize it, I've said so many times, you don't have many laws you're breaking every day now because it's jobs for the boys and the relatives, and they keep creating new departments, like just spreading like a cancer. That's what Carl Jung said back in the, the, the 40s and 50s. He says his fear wasn't an iron curtain across the world. It was literally like an iron can across the the whole planet, around the whole planet, basically, of bureaucracies, bureaucracies, all stepping in each other's toes, etc. Interesting, too, though, that Lenin said the same thing, that eventually the Western world would collapse with so many organizations and agencies that start off being services, that they become authorities, and eventually they would keep falling over each other. There'd be so many of them competing for the same cash. That's where you are today. Now, there's Daniel from the UK hanging on the line uh, long distance. I'll try and fit you in if you're there, Daniel. Hello. Yeah, hello. Um, yes.
0: Is, it, is Freemasonry the movement that links all these groups behind this whole agenda?
1: Y- yeah, it was, really. I mean, it started off in the 18th century, as we know it. There were different groups prior to that. There was the Rosicrucians that came out in the 1600s, openly in, in France. But uh, eventually Freemasonry is... And, and it's so interesting that in Freemasonry, um, they were well known for holding uh, revolutionary talks and meetings in their lodges, and yet modern Freemasons, uh, are, uh, they actually swear oaths to uphold the present system, which they take as their system.
0: Yeah. So, I mean... What
1: I'm saying is, are they the top of the pyramid? No, no, no. They're kind of what they are really is a front, a front to keep this system in place, and that's why you you can go through Canada here, and every every, before you hit every town or village, uh, you will see a a big uh, placard up there with all the associations in that town, and it will have all the different. uh, Uh, Freemasonic symbols and and organizations what they're telling you is this is what runs this town Mm. from from your local councils to your education department to planning departments to your police and all this is what runs your town and so they're really a structure for keeping this system in place but they're also allowed to personally profit off the of the system as well
0: yeah yeah i see um what, what's your opinion of that book um, I'm, I'm reading through um, called The Brotherhood by uh, Stephen Knight?
1: Uh, you, you'll find there's bits of truth in most of them. But, but, but again, it's not, they, they don't go deep enough and, and further back enough to see how, how worldwide this whole system uh, intermeshes. And, and they don't go into the, the higher orders either. Uh, even basic Freemasonry is very essential for the system because, as I say, they keep right down to your local council in a little village. They'll, they'll make sure they've been kept the same way. They, they also gather information on everybody. They've always done that. But um, So they keep the, the order of the system in place, and, and through the military as well, and through all the police. But when you go into the higher uh, orders, the knightly orders, uh, that literally go over to, to Britain to get knighted, uh, then you're into getting in closer to the real agenda there too. As, they act like an army, you might say, for those noble orders that are above them. They act like an army, like the private army, that's how I see them. Uh, but the ones above them uh, are in noble orders and they have a much higher agenda for the world. Yeah. Right,
0: and is this, Agenda, uh, an ideological one, or is it actually a science a based agenda? Was it just ideology?
1: You'll, you'll find that it intermeshed, the way they even the word it. What you'll find though is, is a eugenic agenda because Masons themselves, if they're honest with themselves and they've got a brain to think with, because the ones at the bottom are no brighter than anybody else. But they'll, they'll constantly come across um, self improvement is, is how they like to see it. But in, in reality, they're talking about breeding. You come across breeding and picking the right mates For the right offspring, etc So you'll find that, that over and over again There's really eugenics involved in it And, of course, as they go up the ladder And if they get to the higher degrees They talk, they talk about the profane as though they're cattle, basically And, and uh, the purpose of cattle, of course As Albert Pike said in his book, Morals and Dogma is to it says, He says, he will not use his own mind, his own intellect is therefore meat on the table and a beast of burden by choice and consent. So, in other words, it's okay to rip off the ones beneath you because they're just animals. It's very elitist once you get up the degrees, yeah.
0: And ultimately, at the top, we're talking about people who, I mentioned before, you you you, you think that um, they could actually trace their blood back.
1: Well, then you're into royal families. You have royal families that, that took over by conquering and, and using armies and land grabs and so on. And, and then you have banking royalty. We don't think of bankers as being royalty. But some of the bankers thought they could, they could achieve the same thing by owning the wealth of the world.
0: Well, there was the Medici's, wasn't there? They? They, they were pretty big, weren't they, the Medici's?
1: The Medici came down through history uh, from an awful long time before. They were lending to ancient Rome at one point. Uh, so there's quite a few families came up through through the ages, uh, always borrowing for and, and lending for thousands of years.
0: Yeah. And they became part of the. Did they become part of the, the actual top dogs, the the elite at the top then?
1: Yes, yeah, they, they they definitely did, and they ruled countries, whole countries. And you, know, you also had some of them going in to be popes at one point, like the Borgias, and they they. they um, they even appointed their own nephews and sometimes their sons to be the next Pope. Uh, that's a lot of power back in those days, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, that's clearer. And uh, thanks. And one, um, one quick point I wanted to make was I did some security work at weekends just out of desperation for a bit of money, and um, it was at a cricket ground, and they had up the, the security company was run by his little Napoleon, as you can imagine, and uh, he was encouraging us to tell the um, spectators to use this new um, scheme they've got called RESPECT, whereby they can anonymously text any misbehaviour to um, security people and Mm. then they come down and deal with whoever it is. But he said we've got to encourage people to use this scheme rather than go and speak to someone who's causing a problem and just say, could you stop swearing? It was actively encouraging people to anonymously um, report and I quote misbehaviour. And they always leave it very vague, don't they? It's up to them how they define what misbehaviour is, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's a very broad a broad definition there. <laughs> it's whatever... Uh, what could be right one day could be wrong the following, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's it. When people say, I- I've got, I'm doing nothing wrong, I've got nothing to worry about, I say, well, who, who defines what's wrong? It, they tell us what's right and wrong, don't they? But like yeah. you say, it's, it's OK to leave your house tonight to see a friend at 9 o'clock. But next week it might be um, the curfew, which is probably right. what's coming down the road,
1: do you think? Yes, absolutely. That's what Orwell tried to say in his book of 1984 um, when he kept saying two and two is four. And O'Brien is torturing him says he's holding up five fingers and it's whatever I say it is, you know. Uh, and if I say I can fly then I can fly and you better believe that I can fly Uh, they're giving you you're constantly giving you new realities all the time but it's also to get you into a state of flux once you're in flux and there's no normals anymore because for anything to be normal it has to be standard for a long time but if there's no normals anymore and you're constantly adapting to new normals uh, then you're in flux and the big boys in neuroscience can guide you very quickly to where they want you to go yes now
0: that's flux that's the, the term I was looking for. Um, what's the um, time scale that they've worked out that they have to subject you to something before you accept it? Do you know Is there a certain you know, minimum time they have to um, subject you to something like Big Brother in program yes. yeah. um, uh, and you time-
1: surprised you'd be you surprised how many massive organizations and think tanks are working on and working together, mind you. Uh, and their own special areas to make all this all of this happen uh, along with the time frame for the kind of society that they want and and every time they come to a society that they want then it's, they suddenly change it into the next phase again, so you don 't get time to breathe and, and, and let what, what the new normal is become normal and, and then they, they get you going again that 's one of those top um, uh, PR specialist, that was around the last president, said the same thing to the reporters. He says, we give you your reality. He, he's speaking to the reporters. He says, and, and, and when we give you a new reality, he says, you'll talk about it. Everyone will talk about it, and you'll study it judiciously. He says, he says then, and then when you're studying it and thinking you understand it, we give you a, a new, another new reality and then the same thing will happen, and then we give you another new reality, and you just keep on studying it and adapting. And basically that's that was a, a boast by one of the guys at the top who was actually involved in, in creating new realities. Yeah.
0: And and all this is ultimately building up. Yeah. The, the complete degradation of our society is building up into us accepting death, left, right, and center, so we oh, yeah. can just colours without any problems. Is that right?
1: That's correct, yeah. Not, not only death; it's everything that was normal that made society pretty safe. Pretty safe to walk the streets. Pretty safe not to get, for a woman to get not to get raped walking the streets. All of those things. It's destroying all the things that used to abhor us, uh, including pedophilia, for instance. I mean, there's a, a conference on to normalise pedophilia going on. With psychiatrists at the top who are also pedophiles and they're dictating the new rules for all of us to, to go by. So the deviants are giving us the rules, you know, and, and they're also giving themselves uh, a manual, uh, for, um, ethical pedophilia. Can you, ethi- what's ethical about pedophilia for, for, for their own to follow? I guess if the child screams, that must mean yes, you know, that's what it'll be. But anyway, this is how they're destroying everything that you would naturally be angry about and, and would get involved in, and, 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 you know, grab these guys or stop them doing what they're doing. Now, now you won't because it's all normal now, you see. They've got a special status. This is to destroy the last vestige of the old culture. That's, that's the reason for it.
0: It's um, apathy, isn't it? Everyone's apathetic now. I see it now when people are beating each other up. Others, or someone's lying on the floor on the street people will just step over them i've seen it and just look at them or take a picture on their mobile phone and carry on about their business that's right rather than rather than go and help them
1: well they've done so many studies now they're always doing the same studies over and over again and if you're a study of psychology they'll give you lots of videos from hidden cameras they've done been doing this for about 50 years like the same studies over and over and over to see how the public are changing to the same situations. And one of them was a doctor's office and a woman goes past the, the door and goes in to see the doctor. Two to three people are left outside sitting on the chairs. The woman starts screaming and, and then you see the reactions on the three inside. First, they don't want to believe it. You'll see them looking towards each other and, uh, and no one will move until one makes a move. Everyone looks for someone else to make the move first and now, pretty well, when this starts happening, no one gets up. That's how much we've changed normally, from our old normal to, to the present time. Yeah.
0: Well, I say, no one knows what normal's supposed to be now, really.
1: We don't, because we we know we can get we can get punished for being involved. We're also tra- trained that we're trained that we can get punished if we get involved to try to stop something bad happening. We may, we may get tasered if the cops come,
0: and and punished well, that's it, the, the state has to look after you, and then if the state doesn't look after you, that's just too bad. Like people in those riots in London got in trouble. They were called, they were labelled vigilantes because they were out there as a community trying to protect their property, yeah. and the police actually condemned them and said, these are vigilantes, you're not allowed to do that.
1: Well, you got to understand that the power structure, when they set up the United Nations, what they say in their charter that's eventually the United Nations through NATO... And, and their organizations, their military organizations will be the only power on the planet who are authorized to use force of any kind including deadly force it will be illegal for any citizen across the world to do the same themselves but thanks, thanks, you thanks very much, for coming take care, back after this break We're back cutting through the matrix. And just just to talk about the pedophiles too, they were always used as well by the the, the mainstream and the cops as well. Uh, to scare the public—that's why they watch you, and you. You might be into all these different sites, but really, um, it, it's just a tool as well. But also at the same time, they giving the pedophiles all the rights. It says here in this article: judges weaken rules, and pedophiles—they've won unsupervised access to their own children because it would breach their human rights to keep them apart. The judges have ruled. Judges rule everything now. You know, you don't even do a supreme court anymore. Uh, I think needs to do it at the lower level, and no one says anything about them because society is so contaminated themselves after all these years of watching Hollywood. Nothing scares us or shocks us or disgusts us anymore, and and that's really how it is. Uh, So um, there's Larry from Louisiana hanging on there. You there, Larry?
0: Yes, Alan. I'd like to give just a quick uh, little uh, history thing uh, about the royal bloodlines going way back you can find the red-headed people in the Brit- in Britain, you can find the red-headed people in Scotland, and you can definitely find them in Ireland. Now go back and look at uh, King Ramses of Egypt, and you'll see he has long flaming red hair, and there's other blonde-haired pharaohs. So that just shows a little king in history, gives you an idea of how these bloodlines still exist. Today. Well, what
1: I do know is even in Sumer, when they dug up what became a modern trash site, uh, they dug it up, and they found the ancient, some of the ancient kings and queens, and they had black wigs and red hair, natural red hair, but black wigs. And the pharaohs, too, when you go... I've got some of that in one of my books, in fact. You'll see some of the statues in the tombs where the people that have uh, blue eyes. Uh, they, they were actually supposed to be statues of real people. So there's no doubt about it that there are, there are these particular lineages that came down through uh, thousands of years and very high positions, uh, you, you never, f- you never find either from these ancient uh, families of them ever being overthrown or killed or slaughtered. They always it's, it's, empires went down, so I presume they just simply moved into the next place and, and created another empire. That's that's personally what I think. Yeah.
0: Right, hey Alan, uh, wh- where, what is Hamish? Uh, could you translate that word for me?
1: Well, Hamish is uh, an old word uh, from Scotland. It's to do with like, a, a home, home person, or a home being. Uh, your Your hame is your house, you know oh your yeah. hame
0: is okay, yep. well, thank you very much Alan
1: and thanks for calling but yeah uh, it's interesting when you look at the ancient histories of the peoples and uh, how they can disguise themselves uh, because some of these pharaohs, as I say, that you know their beards were all fake, I mean all of them wore fake beards. And it was all from local hair, from I guess the local barber shops they got it made up from. But it was local hair they used. And they even had a woman fair at one point because the husband died and no one would replace him. She wore a fake beard as well. She'd be popular today, I guess, probably on music television. But anyway, that's how the world really goes. You can never really see, know what you're looking at. But, uh, in those days it didn't have contact lenses to, to brown contact lenses, so they, you saw them as they actually were. It's astonishing, though. It's never been explained why this happened. And I know that as far as China, you, have, you also have the ancient mummies of China that have dug up, which were a traveling people, they think they were, um, pantheistic. And they were, again, red-haired and blue-eyed. They think they might have been traitors. Maybe 3,000 years ago or more. Maybe 4,000 years ago. They found lots of these mummies. And it's embarrassed China because it, they don't, they like to think they were the only ones there. <laughs> well, from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.